previously on Fun Science Fiction. And I remember starting that scene and thinking, oh man, I'm with Scott Bakula. He's such a great actor. You know, shoot, I hope I don't just, just totally mess up this <laughs> Hi, this is Patricia Tallman, and welcome to Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast that got you to stop arguing about which was better in the Star Trek versus Star Wars debate and got you to hate us instead. Now, our guest today is someone that you'll recognize from her time on Babylon 5 as Lyda Alexander. She's also been, though, part of Star Trek and Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager in various roles. But what's interesting to me is that she also has a background in stunt work, which you can see that work in Jurassic Park and several versions of Star Trek as well. So we are absolutely excited to welcome Patricia Tallman to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Welcome, Patricia. Uh, thanks so much. I am so impressed that you got that castle reference in there. That's pretty good. I am coming up on the episode that you're in in like Excellent. a couple more episodes. Excellent. I, had... I think my mother-in-law just watched that one. Oh, really? I, <laughs> I, I had so. such a fun time on, on that show. I have to say, I, I went into it, our, my, our stunt coordinator, from the Star Trek shows was coordinating Castle. So when, and, and I have a friend who um, was the showrunner, one of the showrunners on the show, Scott Williams. So he said, he said, and, and then Dennis piled on, they put me up in a meeting saying, look, we got to bring in Pat for this part because she can do her own stunt and she can act <laughs> in the scene before she dies. You know, so I, I they, the, the producers got double teamed to bring me in. But my thrilling bit was uh, I, I, I had my first scene, I was a cadaver on the slab, right? So they, they have their opening scenes where they, they are discussing the case at large. And I had to, cut, I had to get up like at 3.30 in the morning to be in makeup at 4.30 in the morning mm. where they put in the Y incision and make me look all dead but washed somehow. And I, of course I was exhausted. So then, but they do this lovely thing with the, um, the metal table that's in the morgue. It, they warm the table. They have oh, like a heating, nice. nice warm <laughs> heating pad on there. And they have raised the table way up high because uh, um, Nathan Fillion and Katya, Katya Stanek, who are the leads are so tall. Mm. So they, for camera, they, they raised the, the thing up. So they had to get me a little step. So I'm five foot nine. I'm pretty tall myself, but oh. they had to help me get on the table. And then I laid down and they they fixed the sheets and they put my head on that, that little, uh, uh, um, it's a hard, like chalk they put under your head. It's kind of like a football chalk. I mean, they put the football on to kick it. And it's, and I, I was so tired while they were setting up the lights that I fell asleep. <laughs> And then I start to, I start to wake up and I realize there's all these people in the room and I kind of crack my eyes open and they're rehearsing the scene. So I'm like, Oh, I better better be cool. So, and then I fell back asleep. (laughs) And the next time I woke up, everybody was gone. They had shot the scene and I had missed the entire thing. I was zocked out. So then I'm sitting up there going, hello, um, hello. I'm trying to scoot off of the work table. I've got the sheet wrapped around me because I'm nude. And I'm like going, ah, oh, I have to hop down, I suppose, because now I'm, you know, six feet off the ground. And, and Nathan Fillion comes running in the room and he says, Oh, Pat, I am so glad. I'm such a huge fan. I loved you on Babylon 5. I love Nightly Dead. And I'm like, now I'm meeting one of my gorgeous heroes now. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a Y incision. My hair's all slicked back. And I, I, so we, we're talking and a friend of mine who was on the props, he was also props on Babylon 5, came in and took a picture of Nathan and I. And I put it in my book. I'm so proud of it. I, it was kind of a <laughs> random awesome. segue, but I had to have that picture in my book. I was like, oh, this is this is so cool. Yeah. And then when I was shooting the other scenes, I was uh, I had an ice pick through my neck and I was kind of wired to the couch so I couldn't really leave. And mm-hmm. Nathan would come over and sit with me on that bloody couch and and talk. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got a lot of things to do, but he was so kind Aww, come over, cool. and kind of, you know, just to keep me company while I was wired to the couch for the day. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the, the plus side to this really set of awesome stories that you're, you're sharing here uh, <laughs> is that 
well, at least when you first met him, you were you were freshly awakened from a nap. So you were there's that. I hadn't yeah, thought of it like you that, were, Tim. But... You were you were spry. You were ready to go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just I mean, wearing and, a sheet, but you know. right. But <laughs> who else in a gets sheet? to tell the story that the first time you got to talk to Nathan Fillion, you're only wearing a sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he was he was a gentleman about it. The whole thing. Was... If I ever get to meet Nathan Fillion, I'm going for just a sheet. <laughs> Get him in the sheet. That's yeah, my that's, next, I'm, my I'm next pretty, task. I, I'm pretty I'm sure right that's how I get you. a restraining orders, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So Patricia, looking over your IMDB <laughs> list of projects, uh, there's a lot here to unpack. Uh, oh. A lot, a lot of things to talk about because between both work as an actress and a stunt woman, you've been a part of some pretty major franchises in the motion picture and television worlds. Yeah. Uh, so uh, between, uh, for those who are playing the home version of the game, we're talking, of course, about Babylon 5, <laughs> Star Trek, Jurassic Park, Speed, Austin Powers, Naked Gun. We could go on and on. There's there's so much to talk about. But the first thing I wanted to ask you about was your work in the stunt world. Uh, now, we had the privilege of talking with the stunt woman, uh, Michelle C. Smith, just a few episodes back. Nice. And, and I think for all of us that when I talked, when we're talking about people who do stunt work, um, when we say, uh, wow. Um, the, yeah, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around some of the stuff that you guys do and how you do it and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, uh, because some of the things that you guys do are of course, inherently dangerous. So I, it always makes me wonder when I, when we have an opportunity to talk to somebody in the stunt world, what piqued your interest in stunt work? I know it's a, you know what I, I, I have to say, I think that it's a very strange thing to do. I really do. And I, I've talked to a lot of young people up and what well, have come through the ranks who were, you know, are thinking about doing stunts and I get real with them. It is not easy. It's kind of a dumb thing to do to your body, <laughs> you know, just impact after impact over the decades. And you're walking around like a, uh, you know, like a football player. You've seen, you've seen these guys when they get older, they're decrepit, they're hurting, they're in pain every day. I'm in pain every day from the stuff that I did as a stunt woman, I've got arthritis. I've got, you know, old broken spots. that will just never be right. But the, the great thing about doing stunts is that you are a part of an industry. Nobody goes into the film industry and stays in the film industry, unless you're an enormous fan and you feel like you're privileged to be part of the magic. It's a very hard way to make a living. So you must really love it. To, to stay in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, totally. yeah. Because, so you've got it. You're, you can't go into it thinking I'm going to get famous or I want to meet Nathan Fillion. You just don't know if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> right. That's that's the cherry on top. But the 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 day to day grind is is a whole other bag of toys. The uh, getting up at three thirty, um, putting in my case, I had a, a I was a single mom, so I would have to either um, put my son, you know, tuck him in over at my babysitter's house the night before, or I'm waking him up at three in the morning. So, you know, <laughs> what's, what's better, what's going to work. It's tough. You make, sure. you make some real major decisions about doing that. So, uh, but, but, and you get to be part of the magic that we all love. That's why we're on this podcast right now. Because, yeah, you know, our shows make life more fun, right? The shows yeah. we love, the, the things we experience. We were talking about Game of Thrones earlier. For mm -hmm. me, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, you know, these oh, movies yeah. and these series, they, they, ah, they're uplifting. They're joyful. And that's what I love about Star Trek. Star Trek is, is like, um, it, we're so, everything's so dystopian now. All the shows are so dystopian. And fair enough. Yeah, we're kind of earning that <laughs> even as we speak but the we're star, cusping we're, star trek is is hopeful it's always hopeful there's this vision of the future that we become smarter we haven't proven that that is a thing yet for the human race but <laughs> in the star trek universe we get smarter so that's you know i love that. Uh, always hopeful always hopeful yeah great yeah and I, I, I agree that that is one of the things that I love so much about Star Trek is they are happy endings. They are like <laughs> yeah. exciting new, we're smarter. 
we're like smarter. <laughs> we we uh, we evolve. We um, we take in uh, other beings and mm-hmm. in, and what they need and what's best for all. And it's not just about the bottom line and the money and the it's it's a whole different way of existing the earth looks like it's healing it's cleaner you know we've got all these clean ways of doing things it's just really cool babylon 5 is other series that i was on is more dystopian more realistic Mm -hmm. more hey you know it was it's a grittier world and again like i said i think that's fair and there's room for it all but i really rely on star trek too for uh that good feeling. I want to go on that adventure. I love having that danger. We love those bad guys, but then it's really nice to, to feel like the ending is going to be a good one. And I feel like that, that love of Star Trek started at a very young age for you. Right. Sure did. Sure did. Um, I'm old enough now I'm 64 and my dad back in the days when I was a kid, we had one television set. You're tired of hearing these stories, right? One television well, not set, a bit. three channels, three <laughs> channels. And you had to watch the show when it was on. There was no VC, right. there was none of that stuff, right? right? So my dad, whatever my dad wanted to watch, that's what <clears throat> the family watched. So he loved Star Trek. I was really too young to kind of get it. I didn't understand the significance of, let's, let's say, Nichelle Nichols and her, yeah. her contribution Oh, absolutely. As a human being and all that she's seen and done. But I loved, I started to love the show and I loved Spock. He was my favorite. Oh, of course. Uh, but yeah, then, then I would get together with my cousins and the other, my other favorite show was Dark Shadows, which at the time was a, like a soap opera on at about 3.30 in the afternoon every day. So we'd have to run home from school in time <laughs> to turn on Dark Shadows and, and watch that cheesy show, which is hilarious. You know, they'd close the door and the whole set would, oh, yeah. <laughs> it would wobble. <laughs> then boom, Mike is in the scene and going, and then it would go, it was, it was hilarious but um so we would play with our barbie dolls our barbie and francie with her twist and turn waist we would play uh dark shadows and star trek original that series. was that was that actually was something i had read on the star trek uh fan site memory oh, Alpha, gosh. that story about you playing barbies with your cousin and i think that's fantastic i Isn't think it, that is absolutely wonderful i think it's interesting that we can set something that we love in our mind so young and then make it happen because how, how it can't be, it cannot be a, uh, um, a coincidence that my career is science fiction and horror. I didn't set out to do that. I was just trying to get any job I could get. <laughs> right. Right. I'm taking anything, any job I could get. And it's, and the fact that those genres just became my life is pretty remarkable. So when you were running home from school, it was uphill both ways, right? <laughs> in the snow, in barefoot. The snow. <laughs> right, right. You know, 10 yeah. miles, 10 miles. Right. I, I have to admit that now that I know that you played with Barbies and it was Star Trek themed, all I can remember envision now is, is Captain Ken and Barbie going to Malibu Barbie's Enterprise hideout. You know, <laughs> we didn't have any Kens, so I made my old Barbie doll the Klingon, and I would oh. put like aluminum foil, uh, crunch it up on her head, and make it the, the, make her the Klingon. And then my our my Francie, oh, I would take awesome. the the aluminum out of spearmint gum wrappers, and I'd make little tiny costumes for her out of that. <laughs> so she'd have a lame costume, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what we did. We would that just buy, so make cool. clothes out of stuff. Yeah. That is so cool. So I also, I, as I'm bouncing between screens, realizing that you performed at the Red Barn Theater in Saugatuck too. Sure. Oh my God. As Michiganders, we're like, I was, all what? three of us were from Michigan. Yeah. <gasps> all of us. No. Yeah, all of all us. From Michigan. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. wild. Yeah, oh, that's so great. I just saw it in your bio on IMDb and I'm like, wait a minute, I know that. Yeah, that's there. where I got my equity card. Yeah. I've been to the Red Barn. Oh, like, yeah, God. it's only about wow. an hour, I think an hour and 20 minutes south of my house. So. It's about an hour from my mom's. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. How mm-hmm. well, now I feel like we're all related somehow, you know? <laughs> you know what's funny is we actually- Oh, you're my cousins, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we had a similar experience we, uh, when we interviewed Rob Paulson the voice of Yakko Warner. Oh, oh, oh. He's born and raised Detroit. Like oh, funny. 
and he's wearing his Red Wings cap while we're talking to him. And I'm like, no we're, we're all in Michigan. <laughs> That's like- <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my, my Red gosh. Wings jersey in the background there. Ah, uh, so. look at that. And Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. I mean, that's where they met was in Michigan. And I love that the, the Midwest has done so much, especially, especially for sci-fi. Like, I feel like there's a lot of sci-fi that's come out of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. See, we're just a bunch of happy nerds. I mean, Kirk was born in Iowa. There you right. go. Right there. <laughs> I have <laughs> friends who went, they got married in California, drove back to Michigan and their cross country trip was their honeymoon. And they stopped in the birthplace, the future birthplace of Captain Kirk. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It is cool. So So, I just, with it, sorry, Nick, with the playing Barbies, playing Star Trek with your Barbies. Yeah. What was it about those (laughs) shows that after, I mean, after you got to the age where you, you understood their significance a little more, Mm. what was it that inspired you? What was it about those shows that kept you interested in? Oh, that's a really good question, Kathleen. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. I, I think that part of it is I, I love stories where there's an average person and then there's this extraordinary circumstance and they have to rise to the occasion. Like all the stories we love are like that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. obviously Star Wars, it's the hero's journey, but I didn't know that back in the day, obviously. Um, and so what I liked were these heightened stories the heightened story in science fiction. Wow, you can go anywhere. Those, even in um, in horror, like this extraordinary, what's the word? Um, uh, not necessarily an enemy, but a um, an obstacle, mm-hmm. crazy extraordinary obstacle, like that. That's super wicked, or, or it's haunting, or it's a monster. In science fiction, it could be you know anything. Right. Horror could be anything. So I think that was part of it, just that the elevation of the stories. Yeah. That's really cool. That's cool to know. And I, I agree that that is, that is the fun thing about stories is when you have that, that regular Joe who's yeah. thrown into this incredible scenario. And I, I think that we all, we all enjoy that. And we have to figure out then how to survive it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we love, I, so for me, honestly, and I, I don't, I hope I don't get hate mail about this, but I, and I, I had Superman, Spider-Man, X-Men comic mm-hmm. books. I love the comic books, but I'm a little tired of superheroes. Yeah. I, because it's, they're not the average guy, you know, they're not the average woman. They're, they already have superpowers. And so, oh, poor them, you know, <laughs> it's really hard to, to, to care, you know, but you care about Luke Skywalker. Right. You yes, care because he's just a boy <laughs> and, and he was, you know, and he was orphaned and he, you know, he had this life and, it's, and he's trying to, you care about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. He's kept in a cupboard. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, we care about those, those stories. So he lived with the Dursleys. That was horrible. <gasps> I know. <laughs> I know. And there's Dursleys everywhere. There are. There are. There are. As you grow up and you realize that the Dursleys oh my are God. real. They're, okay, they're everywhere. I'm gonna need you guys <laughs> Nick, is, Nick is just like shaking. He's laughing. I, I'm going to need you guys to use your muggle words. because. Uh, <laughs> hey, but you did it. You understood a reference. I understand the reference. I just know that it's something I don't understand. And that it's not <laughs> that it's I'm apparently a muggle. That's what I know. Oh, so. for sure. That's or no match. You could say no match. Too. I, I will say they are doing a lot of stuff with the superheroes and stuff. And like almost everyone's like, Oh, let's do superheroes. And I I definitely see where you're coming from. Like it's starting to not be the thing anymore. They're starting to not be super anymore. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, every, how many superheroes can we have? And then, and then the other thing that upsets me. Okay. And fair enough, Tim. But the other thing that that, that upsets me is whenever you have the supervillain and the superhero, then, then all the average people, they, you know, their cars get smashed, their buildings get smashed, they die, their dogs get run over, you know, and they're all like, dude, we're right here. Nobody ever thinks about the the collateral damage. Going on. Right. And right. my favorite lingerie shop just got smashed. I mean, come on. Right? Oh, inconveniences. Yeah. 
I always love it in the superhero movies when after all that happens, they all come out like, thank you for everything. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, yeah. You just did thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of damage. Yeah. I feel like there was New a York show gets that... wiped out all the time. <laughs> right. It's in perpetual construction. <laughs> New York and, and London. Those yes. <laughs> and London gets the, the superheroes and the aliens. I mean, that's just. I know. And James Bond comes through. Yeah, the Doctor Who has screwed that town over. So oh, man. <laughs> oh. Different time zone. I mean, different, different time, times. Different times. I was just but... thinking that. Yeah, different times, but it's it just you know it over the centuries. Yeah, yeah, once every couple (laughs) years. Well, it's time to do London in again. (laughs) And they rebuilt rebuilt the the eye. Okay, we can go back in. We can destroy it again and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Patricia, we all have a hidden gem that is like close to our hearts of sorts. What role that you really enjoyed that was like your hidden gem that you have done? That we I don't should think be aware. Anyone of has something. ever asked me that either. Um, we try to be original. It doesn't always work, but we try. And that's what counts. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, the first thing that pops into my head, I don't know if this counts, but it would be um, a play that I did in New York City at the uh, um, Riverside Shakespeare Festival mm-hmm. Theater Company theater company and I played Rosalind and as you like it and I was so enormously mm-hmm. proud of that just for first of all learning all those lines holy smokes but the play itself is is just this um this epic <laughs> from start to finish it's just so for the character of Rosalind it's just you know, racing from scene to scene to scene and it's it's just a, a powerhouse um, role for an actress. And I was really, really thrilled to be able to do it. And now no one will ever see it. You know, it's, it's that ephemeral theater experience. It, it's, you gotta mm-hmm. be there. Yeah. Which uh, play yeah. was it? It's as you like it by Shakespeare. Like it. Thanks okay. for asking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Shakespeare uh, is not an easy thing to learn. And it was one of the reasons I got into this business and got into uh, becoming an actress was, was uh, being on the stage and Shakespeare was a huge, huge mm. reason for me. That's why I think I love Armin Shimmerman so much. Um, and Armin came into, I, well, when COVID locked us down, I started a, an online convention basically called B5 Events. And Armin was my guest for one of the events. And for his, we called it a spotlight. He taught Shakespeare for non-actors like how do you read Shakespeare and we had volunteers that I organized ahead of time that he would put together in a scene and then he would uh, teach them as they were reading the parts Uh, it it was remarkable it was so remarkable he's quite he's quite a special person Mm -hmm. he really is amazing when we talk to him kind and and so clear what an I, I I bet taking a class with him would be fantastic and if we ever get out of covid and he starts teaching again i would i would be a part of that in heartbeat oh i'd sign up for that Absolutely. right yeah it was like i don't even like shakespeare and i'd sign up for that yeah and but- when she, if you have someone like armin working you become you just you you love it so much you start to love the shakespeare and then you can't wait to read more to use what he's taught you oh, that's, right. that's how good he is yeah i think i think in many times when depending on the topic it comes down to the teacher yeah. You know, they can they can be teaching a topic that um, you're not especially fond of, but because the teacher is so good, absolutely, it, it makes it it makes it more palatable, and then it becomes. Now that never worked for me with math, but I think it could work for Shakespeare. <laughs> I, uh, I have the same. I'm the same, Tim. I it never worked for me with math. Once the yeah. devil put letters in the numbers, I was screwed. So I just didn't. Yeah, they don't belong together. No. <laughs> <clears throat> No, sorry, so, I have the opposite problem. Nick, there needs to be people like you because of people like us, uh-huh. right? So then we say, "Here, give it to Nick." Right? Exactly. Nick can do it. We'll deal with the words. You deal with the numbers. Like, yeah, I have I have uh, been kind enough to pass on my mathematical issues onto my children. Um, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, it's. I was hoping that at least one of them would would break the genetic trend. So far, I'm over three. So I say so far. <laughs> I say so far, like there's another one possible that that ship has sailed. Uh, but you know, yeah, 
That's all right. Yeah, I'm. Your well, kids are there's, cool. there's other things that we're strong at. That's why we have calculators. Exactly. Exactly. And the number of stupid teachers with the you're not going to carry a calculator around in your pocket, <laughs> right? Yeah. I saw that name. <laughs> I so want like to go the back, face. Kathleen. I'm just. I I'm so annoyed by it. <laughs> I so want to go back to my high school math teacher and be like, uh, "Lesson learned." Right. <laughs> like, what's your job now? I graduated in 2010 and I was still having teachers in 2010 tell me, what? you're not going to carry a calculator around your pockets. It's called a cell phone. Wow. Like, I had a Blackberry so... back then. I had a calculator on it. There was so. also, a, there was the also, there were through, calculators and, and sure. The way yeah. that I got through math in high school was I found out that you could Google the equation and Google would solve the equation for you. Wow. See, that would have been helpful in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> or in the 1960s. They barely had Google in the 90s, though, Tim. You know what? Nobody asked you. I am older than Google, Tim. <laughs> Nobody asked you, Kathleen. All right. Well, so, Tim. well, Patricia, it's fun listening to young people. Wow. Uh, yes. <laughs> keep trying to remind myself why we keep her around. Anyway, uh... I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> If I could get rid of me, I would. Oh, <laughs> is, no. Uh, she's the little, but I'm, I'm stuck with me. She's the little sister we never wanted, but yet we have her. Anyway. <laughs> You're way too cute, Kathleen. They would. Oh, like... thank you. <laughs> I so, need that sound bite. I'm just going to keep that sound bite for the rest of my life. <laughs> that will get clipped. So, um, Patricia, to be completely honest, I haven't ever watched a lot of Babylon 5. And I'm not it's the okay. biggest. I'm not the biggest Trekkie in the nerd herd here. Um but two things seem to be pretty evident to me as I look at the shows that you were on and I kind of compare some of the things between the two franchises. There's some major similarities between Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5. Mm -hmm. And the it seems to me that the fandom of Babylon 5 is pretty ardent in their appreciation for that series, that show. Now, let's skip all the controversy if one show is like the other and there's there's claims going both directions that you know uh from what i read online it's kind of an interesting conversation by the way well but i know what happened i was there <clears throat> okay well Do i was gonna skip know? this i, wa I was gonna <laughs> skip this but um yeah i inquiring minds want to know and I, I don't i i know that it's out there somewhere i think what's what's happened between um the b5 and the, and the and the the lawsuit between is that it got resolved out of court and they're no longer allowed to talk about it but uh -huh. but it at the time we knew what was happening I mean, it, it, joe straczynski who created babylon 5 had written this show called babylon 5 and he took what it was then called a bible he was um he's the first to do a five-year arc J.J. Abrams, Josh Whedon, um, uh, uh, Rockne O'Bannon, you know, they all uh, give kudos to Joe for being the first one that had the chutzpah. Did I do that right? To I hope so. Sounds to, good to me. To push this idea of a five-year arc. And he took this Bible to Paramount, who is the logical studio, to, to take on an epic sci-fi series like this called Babylon 5. And they held on to that Bible for a year. And then they returned the Bible back to Joe and said, nah, we're not going to do it. And then they started production on Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Uh -huh. it's, it wasn't, it's not that, it wasn't hard to trace. It wasn't hard to figure out. It was really obvious at the time. And so uh, Joe, the, the B5 team raced into production in this with, you know, like $10 in the bank. And Paramount got ahead of them because they have their Paramount. Sure. And so Deep Space Nine was released just weeks or a month before Babylon 5 came out. But there's there's crazy similarities and there is a lot of difference. Obviously, the shows are yeah. very different and that's a good thing. I think there's room to enjoy both shows. I was working on both sets at the same time. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I was. <laughs> I'd work over at Babylon 5 one day. The next day, I'd be dressed up as Dax on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and I was at craft service getting a cup of coffee. And um, I saw one of the producers, uh, one of the Star Trek producers. He worked on all the shows. I won't say who, but he 
was kind of looking around and he, you know, kind of casually approaching me at the craft service table. And he said, I love you on Babylon five and then took off. <laughs> and I was like, how does he even know who I am? I look oh, like Terry Farrell right now. I've got long, dark hair and freckles. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a blue uniform. I mean, what is what? It was the weirdest thing. That's you know, awesome. but, so, but B5, like I said, had this very gritty, dark dystopian thing going on. And, and clearly Paramount wanted to stick with the, the Star Trek version of that. You know, they, they did try to bring in some color, like with the Ferengi and getting, you know, having something going on with that. But um, yeah, that's what happened. So did that's Terry, a way, did Terry stunt for you in Deep Space Nine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah, that's a way better answer to any of the question I was going to ask. So we're just going to go with that. So, oh, yeah, you mean that it was it's not terribly mysterious. And he, Joe and Majel became friends. Majel came on our show. She had a character on the on the series. Um, that's cool. Yeah, she's yeah. Yeah. So they all they worked it out. And I think because the shows ultimately were so very different, it, it was. Right. So similar. They, I, I think similar they settled. The beginning. Yeah, I think they settled. And part of that was we can no longer talk. So we can no longer speak of this. We're no longer right. speaking about this. But no one hushed, has approached me with that. So it's in the hushed <laughs> tones of the, corner, the corners of the nerdiverse. Yeah, oh, I just, I always I thought that was pretty well understood, but but maybe not. Hmm. Well, I think maybe not for me, perhaps, because I'm okay. coming in, coming in from the outside. Uh, these two can vouch for my my lack of Trekkieism. Coming in as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, Star Wars fans. yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, hardcore into the Star Wars camp. So as I sit over here with my pew pew shirt on, obviously I'm... Star Wars is amazing. I mean, oh, it is it is incredible. I, I remember them. taking my my little brother when when Star Wars first was happening, and then we heard about this thing. I was like, oh, no, I was too cool for school, and so I didn't, I'm, you know, didn't want to be as goofy about it as he and his friends, but I had to take them. And we stood in line, we stood in line, which uh, ha had never happened before. It, nobody stood in line for the theater. Right. In, in those days, nobody. There was this line and we were in line for like 45 minutes and boy, was I cranky. <laughs> I just didn't, I was like, what? <laughs> but I'll never forget sitting in that theater and the sound starts mm -hmm. and that the words I, word hits I, and, I, and you know you lost you lose your mind at that moment and then for the rest of the, the the next two hours you're just mind blown i went back to see it like three times before i i headed off back to college i was just like oh my god but i love that even Amazing. even now you hear that first um, and your brain's just like yay yeah yeah I yeah my brain goes yes please more. Yes, please. Yes, please. What is funny is like I've seen the things on TikTok of the like, what does what does this note trigger in your mind? And it's like emo music and punk music. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know that song, and I know that song, and I know that song. And somebody <laughs> did it the other day, and the the first chord of the Star Wars song hit too. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> yay! <laughs> that sounds like my childhood. I love yes. this. Yes, yes, indeed. Oh, so the majority of us have spent the last two years at home because of this wonderful public health situation that is still happening. Yes. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. And, you know, it's been a bit of a challenge to maintain our positivity, especially mm. when mm. using social media. Mm. But Patricia, you have found an interesting outlet in something called the safe space in Patreon. Oh. Which I am excited about. That is amazing that you've done that. Thank so you. what led up to you starting that Patreon community and what do you think the biggest benefits are for it? Oh, that's, um, I, I have been on quite a journey for uh, years, the past like, you know, 10 years, nine, 10 years. And it's, it's all kind of, you know, the shutdown. I, I started a travel business. <laughs> Oh, the universe is hilarious. And I was having, you know, five years in and finally really kicking in. I led my first big trip to New Zealand. It was epic. It was a huge success. I'm in Scotland scouting out my next trip. And I, we ended up in lockdown in Scotland. 
it's, <laughs> it was kind of remarkable. It was, no, it was awesome. It. Actually, it was really, really awesome. But then it was like, I get, we finally get back home. They, uh, and uh, I had to, I put up, I started a new business in 10 days. The, the business was B5 events. It's like, we need, as a community, we need to keep talking to each other. We need to, to, to stay cool. You know, we need to find right. an outlet, you know. So the B5 events was started. And then I, I, I thought, okay, the, having an event once a month, which is about as much as I could manage, is great. And we need something else. We need more. Uh, Facebook is... is um, uh, problematic for a bunch of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a place. Patreon doesn't even have what I, what I want. So I'm actually talking to some people about creating my own because Ooh. what I want is what Patreon offers as folks join and they can pay five bucks or they can pay more to be a part of this community. And then we have activities all month. You know, I've, we've got regular act activities that we have things that just happen during the month. Mm -hmm. And I, I lead a topic every month on some sort of a personal development theme. Again, trying to keep everybody up and positive and moving right. forward. And, sure. uh, and I have guests in when they're available to, to talk. Nana's been in, you know, Ar uh, Armin. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Where was I going with that? So what I really, really want is, is to combine the best things about Facebook with what Patreon has and, and without having to have all these disparate different apps that sometimes don't play nice, right? Mm -hmm. So right. Um, that's kind of my challenge these days. But that's, that's what I wanted to do is to create a community, a safe space for people who wanted to nerd out together and we're also interested in some personal development you yeah. know how do i become more productive i've got this creative idea what do i do you know blah blah blah, blah, blah. bring in your question having, having that community but still safely yeah like, i like that idea that's really yeah cool. yeah and i curate it i've only had to kick one person out but i i make sure that you know we have a, a set of guidelines that we all feel good about you know, similar to what we're talking about here, you know, no politics, no religion. If you are you welcome to, to have those talks, but just not here, not here. Know? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and keep it, keep it so that it's, that it is, uh, what's the word it, it, it's always working towards the positive. It doesn't mean that you're not having a bad time. Like some, one of our, one of our members uh, went through a really hard death with his grandma and, you know, with that, we, we want to, we'll grieve with you. We'll sit on the curb and cry with you, right? right. We're not going to solve your problem. Can't fix that, but we can be with you. And that's, you can, that's the you point. can acknowledge it. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. as we've mentioned, we have the funny science fiction has a, has a very large Facebook group and that is a hard thing to, to manage. All three of us are on the moderator admin side of that. And it is yeah. a constant it's like wrangling battle. it's like wrangling cats i have uh i don't have Wet quite cats. as many as you guys Wet do cats. but i do have <laughs> i do have a big group too on facebook and it is kind of the wild west it's like i can't believe this stuff people it, and you know they're just trolls coming in to, oh, yeah. to cause trouble and i try to we try to to kick them out but there's you know i can't like you've found so that's why I like the Patreon is very specific. And I also, I feel good. I don't know if you guys have a Patreon page. I haven't checked you out like that we yet, don't, yeah, but don't it, the, the, if, if people are chipping in a few bucks, then that means something that mm -hmm. means that they really want to be there. And that seems mm -hmm. to make a difference between what's just free and, and that's cool too. And I have that, but right. if you want to get into this deeper discussion and you want more community, then it's really nice to contribute towards that because I pay an assistant. I pay Patreon. I pay PayPal fees. You know, I pay uh, and it's my time. Right. And I right. really appreciate being supported so that I can spend the time and research these topics and run these workshops. And yeah. 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 That's really cool. It's making me grow too as a person and, you know, That's making cool. me step yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of social media, our Facebook page, over 185,000, as Tim was mentioned. Kudos, kudos. And it is just filled with 
meme after meme after meme (laughs) and it's usually this universe and this universe matched together or this character and this character ah so which two of your characters would you like to see come together to either become nemesis or to work together whoa you guys got a lot of interesting questions uh we try it two characters let's see um it's interesting because i both barbara in night of the living dead and and lita from babylon 5 were kind of stunted development creatures you know they're these women that had either been been controlled or didn't have a lot of life experience and then they both find some strength and in Barbara, it's, it's looking for the weakness in the zombies and finding a way to overcome that and figure out an answer there. And for, for Lita, it, she'd been, um, uh, what's the word, abducted and adjusted by aliens. So she's no longer just a human mm-hmm. and her life's really not her own, you know? So I, I don't know, maybe those two would be interested to see, interesting to see go toe to toe. As nemesis, because I wonder what if what they would bring out in the other, you know, when you have to collide, you're forced to to grow or be destroyed. So that would be that would be kind of interesting. Not that that the problem with Lita is she's kind of like one of those superheroes, like when you have so much power, where do you go with that? Right, right. So it's not right. so What's much that ceiling? she would be vanquished in that sense, but maybe maybe her humanity could be reached and developed. That would be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is, is that so, an answer? Is it? I, that is that's an a, answer. That's I a like very that. good answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder because you have to look at, at, at that, like you said, with Lita and her powers, you have to say, okay, what's the ceiling? Right. Or, or, or that, that person has to grow so much that their power becomes secondary to who they really are. And then, right. I don't know, you know, I, I think that's where it gets interesting with the superheroes is they are they have dilemmas that they're trying to face. Uh, Tony Stark, I thought, had a really interesting arc mm-hmm. in, in that he finally faced his own weaknesses and his humanity, as right. opposed to just his ego and his curiosity and you know, him thinking he always knew the right thing. Mm-hmm. He had to, he had to take, a, take a turn that he didn't expect to having to, and he, he paid the ultimate price for that. Yeah. 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 It's kind of interesting. So hmm. another one of the things that we like to do with our, our, our uh, social media group is that uh, on Facebook, we like to try and involve them with our interviews as much as possible. So t- earlier this afternoon, we oh, cool. uh, t- uh, posted a picture of you uh, as Lita <laughs> from Babylon five and said, Hey, we're today we're, we're talking with, with Patricia. Is there any question you would like to ask her? And so we've each selected a question from one of our Facebook members. And, and if you don't mind, we'd like to share these with you and, and get your take on them. Sure. Thank you. All right. So the first one comes from Mitchell Parsons. Uh, he wants to know how you feel. Uh, how does she feel about the reboot of Babylon 5? Right. I'm, I'm super curious. I mean, like I said, Joe's the, the guy that gave us the five-year arc and these epic, long, uh, thought-out storylines that we've all come to love. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what he thinks is interesting next. The reboot isn't going to be, you know, a scene by scene, shot by shot, revision, redoing, you know, it's going to be a new animal. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to see what he does with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think the show's in really good hands with Straczynski. Right. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. Excellent. <laughs> we want some new stuff to watch. Let's see. Bring it. Sorry, I'm okay. Very good. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so I also have a group. Have a group. Yeah, wow. I'm good. Tim, don't edit that. Call. Leave that. Leave that in. That's awesome. <laughs> I like those. <laughs> yeah, I got this. She'll, she'll kill me later. Nah, it's all right. So I also have a question from the group. Uh, this is from Jim Carbone, and he wanted to know what role would you like on a current sci-fi show. And I kind of wanted to expand that into a little bit of the upcoming films, TV shows. And of course, if there's anything that you already have an NDA against, obviously not. I don't have any. Ha <laughs> uh, 
thanks. Tim was his name. Was that Tim? Uh, Jim. Jim. Thank you, Jim, for your question. Um, what? I'm I'm enjoying uh, uh, the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time. Is that mm-hmm. Wheel yeah. of Time? I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that. I've read those books, you know, so long ago that I'm still surprised every episode. <laughs> <laughs> what what oh i think i knew that oh the what <laughs> so good. i um, may have read that I, might, I think i knew it would have been game of thrones you know it would have been that i just i i i would have loved to write a dragon i just want to oh, yeah. i want a dragon doesn't everybody i would do anything to write yeah yeah um yeah but i i those i don't have I, you know i'm not as um up on on the what might be coming down the pike you know, mm-hmm. so if they were doing any more Harry Potter and hiring Americans, uh, that would be something. Maybe, maybe in that case, it would be, have to be Fantastic Beasts, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I could be a Fantastic Beast. Could. Some kind of beast. That'd be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> did that answer of, that? It that did. Yeah, Live great. Inside of a- a briefcase that's bigger on the inside would be so much fun. I know, full of creatures. Yes. <laughs> Tim's so, again, like I, I got nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. See what you're missing. So Chris Cooper that's... from our group, his question was: So being a stunt woman, if a production forced you to have a stunt double when you were working as an actor and not a stunt double, did you like? Sure. Did you have those instances? Like I, I did. Guess- and I, I said, bring her. Yeah, absolutely. I'll sit in my <laughs> chair having my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did because it gave another woman a job, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, she gets residuals. So uh, for those of you who are maybe not clear what residuals are, when um, when you have a TV show and you sell it to a, uh, a different, um, what do you call that? A different region. Like suddenly uh, now Babylon 5 is over in Japan and rerunning in Australia. They will pay everybody uh, a few cents. It's that we're profit sharing basically because we're all part of that production. And so um, in order to receive a residual though, you have to be on camera for an actor, for an actor to get residuals. You have to be on camera. And so for a stunt person, what that means is it has to be your body flying through the air or your body part taking a hit or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like I did for Nana many times. Um, It was my back or the back of my head, but nonetheless, I'm in the shot. And Nana was very cognizant about making sure that I got on camera that day. Um, so I, I would, I would try to do that too for my stunt doubles. And I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great thing to be able to do. Oh, and awesome. plus I, I, I get to be, you know, I get to sit in my chair, like Judy Dench. <laughs> get a little bit less damage. Helen Mirren. Pink, pinky's out everyone. Pinky's yes, out. exactly. Having my teeth. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So Patricia, we, uh, we're at a point in our show where we want to, uh, run you through a little quiz. Oh gosh. <laughs> Just when I thought I had graduated and I, yeah, uh, more quizzes. Okay. All right. So it's a, it's a five question quiz. Okay. And each of the questions are multiple choice. Okay. So this will make it a little easier. However, so if you get three questions, correct, we want to send you one of these handy dandy. I gave to the red shirt widows and orphan fund coffee mugs. Aww. Okay. If you get four questions correct, okay. we're going to send you that coffee mug. And uh, Nick, do you have the book this time? It's like across the room, but I mean, <laughs> it's like he's looking. It's like he's looking at it. It's I all can't, the way over you there. You need to use your telepathy to bring it over your, your psychokinesis. Bring it over. <laughs> all right. And so, if you get four questions correct, we're going to send you the coffee oh, mug and that book, which and is Drayton's written- book. Yes. This is written by our group founder, Drayton Allen. Nice. Um, and uh, so that one is called Dances with Aliens. It's about the last man on earth who's a dog, but not a dog that goes woof, but a singing, dancing dog of the cartoon theme park variety. And so it's all about uh, how intelligent beings could travel to other cosmoses, but not yet can recognize a guy in a dog suit. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. That sounds really fun. All right. Good. Now, Uh if you get less than three questions correct, if you only Uh get two, 
We take a picture of you. We make a meme out of you and we put it in our, in our Facebook group. We like to call it the fun sequence. Aha. Uh-huh. Are okay. you okay Do with I get that? a dunce cap? You put a dunce cap we on you. We can totally put a dunce cap on you. We can totally put a dunce cap on you if you'd like us to. Well, I would deserve it. So we put a pretty floral bonnet on Dan Pobbenmeyer. So. <laughs> and use the, uh, used a quote from Nathan Fillion on Firefly. Uh, in the, yeah. Well, that I would be so bad. Pretty floral bonnet. Oh, <laughs> I did love that episode. Yeah, that was a good one. So, but I, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you right up front. I, I know I have no brain cells left, but let's give it a try. All right. So, all five of these questions are about Babylon Five. That doesn't mean anything. Trust me. I, I realize that it's, it's a 50 50 chance. I probably but, uh, know Harry Potter way better than Babylon Five. But all right. Well, if I would have known that when I was writing the quiz. Uh, so, all right, Nick, take us out. Let's see how we do. Oh. What is the name of the planet below Epsilon 5? Is it Epsilon 3, Pluto, or Venus? Uh, Epsilon 3. You are correct. correct. Oh, my God. Question number two. What race had had a weapon... That was a huge black cloud that contained thousands of missiles and was capable of devastating an entire planet. Was it the Centauri, the Shadows, or Daywalkers? It was the uh, Shadows. It was the Shadows. Two yeah. for two. Sounds terrifying. Yeah, they were bad. Da- any Babylon 5? No, no, they were bad. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. It's a good show, though. I think you'd like it. I was very, very pro Deep Space Nine. Like, Well, you know what? They're so different. They, are. they really are super different, and the actors are wonderful. So I, I think you'd enjoy it. I'm sure I probably would. And I, I mean, I'm not even in the first season. <laughs> so. All right. What did the Minbari called Sheridan because of an action he took during the Earth Minbari War, was it Destroyer of Worlds, Star Lord, or Star Killer? Oh, that's not what I thought at all. Uh... <clears throat> Star Killer. You are correct. Very good. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's three questions. So you are safe from the meme verse. You have survived <laughs> from. You're not going to be a meme. You get a coffee and mug, and we and we send you a coffee mug. I'm so and- excited about that because having been a red shirt many times, I, I- <laughs> and, and the there we go. There's even t-shirts. Um, you know the fun fact <laughs> about Star Killers. That's actually also in Star Wars as well. It was originally going to be Luke Star Star Killer became Luke Skywalker. I didn't know that. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Fun fact. Making Fun. Star Wars connections. Yay. All right. <laughs> I told you they're in the same This universe. episode wasn't a total wash for you, Tim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number four. What is the name of the organization who is responsible for hunting down rogue telepaths? That A, Titans, B, Warlocks, or C, Psychorps? Cycler is correct. Yeah. Just for Bester. reference sake, the A and B were from Destiny 2. So, <laughs> so um, Star Trek, uh, yeah, <clears throat> nerd. Um, Bester, who was one of the heads who was tra- tra- always trying to trip me up, was played by Walter Koenig of, of Star Trek. Ooh. Oh, neat. Chekhov in Star Trek, yes. Nice. <laughs> And for fun, what is the name of the Earth Force fighters? Is it Star Furies, Star Babies, or Star Wars? <laughs> Who wrote these? Um, they're Star In- Furies. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to say Star Babies just because that's the best. <laughs> and you had to say Star Wars. To- of well, course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, come on. Thank you for making it easy for me. (laughs) 
So you mentioned you mentioned Chekhov, and that's my one little Funko that's Aww. on my desk. <laughs> I have there's some things. yeah. It's I mean, you you will recognize actors in Babylon Five because so many of the guest stars of the day, you know, also guest starred on both shows on Star Trek and, and Babylon that's Five. Cool. Nice. Yeah, but, but but Bester was a regular character, and he was a very popular guy you love to hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can imagine. Excellent. So on our quiz, Patricia, you went five for five. <sighs> so at the end of at the end, after we're all done, we sign off. Stick around for a couple extra minutes. We'll get your shipping information, and we do want to send you the book and, and the coffee mug. Okay? Oh, that is so sweet of you. Thank you. So, and uh, and just uh, for kicks and giggles' sakes, guys, uh, there will be a link down below for the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Uh, so you can not only buy the merchandise, but remember that that merchandise, 100% of the profits, does support the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation. Oh, that's very sweet, you guys. Cool. So, Patricia, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and what are some things you're working on now? Oh, that's so I, I appreciate it. Um, well, right now I've, I've run every Christmas I have for almost 30 years, um, something called Be a Santa which it supports um, a foster family agency here called the Penny Lane Centers. And they, they support kids all over California. And uh, these kids are, are really special. The kids that we work with have been so abused, they can't be placed in regular foster care. So um, it's been a, an organization very near and dear to my heart. And I, 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 they have created programs that have been groundbreaking, including kids of all genders, of all sexual identities, and, and helping kids with their mental health, as well as all the other things that kids need. And those programs have been shared all over the United States to, uh, for free. They just give them away. Like here, try, we've tried this. It's working. So here, use it for your agency and see if it doesn't help your kids. So that's something that I've got going on right now. And it's all been crowdfunded since before crowdfunding ever happened. You, you know, the fans have all completely created this, made uh, Be a Santa happen. So that's just beasanta.org. And all my links are in a link tree that um, you can find in my bio on Instagram. Instagram is just Patricia Tallman dot rocks because i'm a rock hound not because i am a rock star but <laughs> that's all good <laughs> you know and um I, in that link tree you'll see i've got i have a book for sale that i wrote about my five years on babylon five and everything i was doing in between including jurassic park and a lot of star trek and um i've got an auction going on right now a couple of us uh, my friends who have been on series like Babylon 5 and Star Trek are selling some memorabilia. I personally am moving. I'm selling my house next month. I'm putting it up for sale and I'm going to move. I'm not going to buy another house. So I'm going to hit the road and travel the world as far as COVID lets me. And that means I don't awesome. want to put stuff into storage. You know, I'd rather get in your hands, the fans who would care about this stuff rather than letting it rot in storage. So um, check out my eBay and I've got a couple of crew jackets up right now, a Deep Space Nine crew jacket, um, Babylon 5 crew jackets, Creepshow 2, stuff like that. Stunt Women Association jacket. So check that out. I really appreciate all your support. And my Patreon group is in that as well. My Patreon link tree is in the link tree. Um, if you're interested in, in being part of a community and that's positive and uplifting and that, that we work on personal development tools, uh, I would, I'd love to have you. Awesome. So, thanks so much. You guys, this is really sweet. Appreciate we will make it. sure that we put all of those links in our episode description so that our viewers and our listeners can find you. Perfect. And we want to remind everybody that if you haven't clicked the subscribe button yet, now is the perfect opportunity to do so because subscribing ensures that we get more amazing guests like Patricia here today to have these, these great conversations with and, and funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It's going to help us out more than you guys can ever really imagine. And be sure to check out Patricia's links as well. Go check out her eBay auctions, all that stuff. Uh, there's some cool stuff to be had there. Now, if by some chance you aren't happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department, Lita Alexander. Lita is a sixth generation telepath who knows if you're complaining just to complain or if you have a good reason for your complaint. Either and way, once she's come to that conclusion, 
she will have the offended parties hunted down by the psychors <laughs> and dealt with. And, and frankly, that's all we're at liberty to discuss with you at the moment. It's not pretty, or so we've been told. I fear for our lives. Oh, yeah. It's so great to, to support the Funny Science Fiction Podcast because this takes a lot of time and technology and effort on on their part so it's it's really every dollar helps it, you don't have to be you know to have deep pockets to, no, to be supportive and enjoy this show thank you well yeah, thanks again patricia it was certainly a joy having you on the show thank you for having me i hope i can come back sometime oh, we'd we love it definitely make that happen uh, see where i am great. in the world at that point who knows right? where i'll be I mean, oh, know, that'll be such an adventure, though. We know a guy who does the scheduling. I'm sure we could work it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That's funny science fiction. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Witch Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt Crewman number 42. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Vivian Marchand in the hideaway bed, only to be found dead, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his bed sheets. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.